0: Welcome to the Candidate Experience Talks, a 15-minute deep dive where we explore real-life candidate experience tactics through honest talks with experts in recruitment and talent acquisition. With me, Sima Vane Sankel. let's go! In this episode... Meet Alisa Crane, employer branding expert, author of the book Peace, Love and Meaningful Careers and founder of Powerhouse Talent in Toronto. Alisa will share her experience on how you can get more relevant candidates and why everyone's end goal should be to create employee advocates to boost their candidate experience. Hi, Alyssa, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Talks podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So nice to have you here. And we we met online, you and I, and we had a chat about the recruitment funnel and how the candidate experience affects that, and then also the employee experience and employee advocacy. So can you can you please tell, tell Alyssa something about our chat there, about the recruitment funnel? Yeah,
1: so the recruitment funnel is actually... Uh, a blog post, a podcast um, topic that a lot of people Google. (laughs) And so I'm really excited to be able to share that with your viewers and listeners because it is such a fundamental component of, of candidate experience leading into employee experience. And so for those who are unfamiliar with the recruitment funnel, it is similar to a sales funnel. So a sales funnel is the journey a customer takes from having no awareness of your product or service or organization all the way through to being a customer. And ultimately you want them to be an advocate and promote and rave about your product. the same is true for candidate experience. Uh, But basically we have the same thing in recruitment. So the top of the funnel, we have awareness. Then we move into attraction, interest, application, interview, hire. And a lot of people think it ends there but I'm not one of those people. I actually think it ends up advocacy. So when we do this really well, we're not having to tell our story for our organization. Our employees actually become those advocates telling our story for us, thereby refilling the funnel. And so why the recruitment funnel is so important is first of all, most employers that I see, they're actually playing at the bottom of the funnel. And the bottom of the funnel is where you're only really going to find active talent. Those are people who are actively looking for a job. So this is where you get into the problem of post and pray. You know, I have a vacancy, I put it out on job boards, and I'm, you know, desperately looking for that person. But savvy employers are investing in their employee value proposition and their employer brand, thereby activating the full funnel And they're um, actually optimizing it in such a way that they are getting on the radar of passive candidates and active candidates, and they're solving sort of problems early on. So they're getting on the radar of people that may only be interested in moving jobs in a year or two from now, but they have planted that seed. They're building the know, like, and trust, and talent is descending in the funnel. And eventually when the time is right, They can convert to employee, and if you do this well, and we can talk about how to do this well in in a second, um, then they actually tell your story for you, and they help refill that funnel. Um, So that's a little bit about the recruitment funnel.
0: Shouldn't this then be be displayed as a circle? I guess.
1: Well, yeah, you could have it as a circle, but it is it you know you have people sort of dropping off of the funnel, so it is very much this funnel formation but if you see yeah. my little arrow it's refilling the funnel it's uh, like those waterfalls that we have in our gardens that recycle <laughs> the water
0: yeah and and i i i really like uh, the theory there and it's if, if you can have your your employees helping you find new talent that, that that's beautiful that that's a great goal to have But how how can you achieve this? Because we've spoken a lot about this as well.
1: Well, you know, lots of different ways to achieve it. So for starters, you know, I'm in the business of helping companies transform. I'm not in the business of helping companies beautify their career sites. So a lot of people make that association with employer branding. But I believe that your EVP is at the heart of, of the employee experience. And when you crystallize that, you build out an employee life cycle and candidate experience with intentionality, but also cohesion, therefore deepening market recognition of your organization. Um, but how you can really sort of layer candidate experience and, and really optimize for that, uh, you know, helping to foster you know, an environment where people are more likely to tell your story for you is by being honest, you know, it's it seems so simple, yet so few people do it. Everyone is so interested in selling an illusion, but we know um, the CEB now, Gartner did research on this. When you you know brand for appeal versus brand for influence, branding for appeal is opening the floodgates. Branding for influence is providing this trusted guidance to candidates so that they understand: is this an organization where I'm more likely to thrive? And you might actually have a smaller uh, number of applicants, but they actually found that the quality of those applicants is superior and the stickiness of those applicants is superior, so they're more likely to stay. And so what does that actually mean In you know, as we sort of go through the candidate journey? It means putting out content into the world that provides a window into the real employee experience so rather than having all those scripted videos rather than using stock images we don't use any stock images at powerhouse with our clients we we tell the story of your team because that is truly what people want to see it's more credible it's more authentic it's more interesting And so, you know, at every stage, you know, I could talk about each stage on how you do that, but it really does start with um, authentic, credible messages um, leading into an interview process where your your managers are not sugarcoating a job, but they're talking about, here's where we're, we're solid, where we're really winning in market, here's where we're on par with our competitors, here's where the gap is, and this is why this role exists. And when you have those conversations and you come into the role, you're not caught off guard when you're like, whoa, none of that existed and nobody told me. Um, You're like, oh, that is why I'm here. And it intensifies the interest of someone who's actually really willing and excited to do that work.
0: But for organizations to find themselves and also show the true picture about themselves, this can both help to attract the right candidates, but also maybe to those that would not be correct. Yeah, could maybe also go away because this this is not what I'm looking for. Could that also be the case?
1: One hundred percent, and it's that way by design. Um, so when you brand for influence, you're both going to attract and repel talent, and you're actually going to optimize your recruitment funnel because you might get on their radar in awareness. But once you move into attraction, I'll give you a great example. Um, you know, I worked for lots of different types of organizations, and there are more maintenance organizations that are, you know, the the way from A to B has been the way from A to B for 10 years. Um, And then there are builder cultures where it's constant change. The dust never settles. And um, when you are providing that credible information higher up in the funnel earlier in the process, those who are wired, like if it is a builder culture, those who are wired to build, to trailblaze, to um generate ideas to carve out the path forward their your interest is going to intensify they're going to hit apply faster than they would with those generic messages and those who are like yikes i like that path from a to b that we've been doing it that way for 10 years they're going to say great organization just not a great one for me and they're going to move over to those organizations that are more traditional slower moving likely more bureaucratic and find the the right home for themselves it's not that one is right or wrong or better than the other it's that the problem that i see in market is people are trying to be something that they're not (laughs) you got to do you and you got to really know who you is and that's where an EVP comes in
0: can every organization find themselves or
1: yeah (laughs) i think it's like it, they can, for sure.
0: <laughs> Could it be that many organizations think that if we show our true self, we're not sexy, we're not funny, we don't have any flashy offices?
1: Yeah, those companies are interested in selling an illusion because the reality is when you get on the door, it's, it's all those things you just mentioned. Um, so the, the value in an EVP project leading into an employer brand strategy is that you find yourself. And in order for others to find you, you first need to find yourself. And in doing so, a couple of things can happen. One, you crystallize who you are, those key messages, and you're better able to amplify those in market. Or two, what you just described, you realize we're we're not going to attract any of those critical talent populations. being structured and operating in the manner in which we are operating today. This is a hindrance for us to achieve those longer-term business objectives, and this can be the catalyst for positive change for organizations.
0: Okay, so so this might fire back at the organization and thinking about, okay, do we want to attract this talent? Do we need to make changes internally? Do we need to... to uh change our office do we need to change something else to 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 really also become and and then that company they want to be in in order to attract that type of talent
1: yeah it's not like in my opinion it's not so much do you have the coolest office it's it's more like work style you know are you do you have a work style that is compatible with the types of um, critical talent populations that you're looking to attract and if, if, if the answer is no, why is that the case? And is there appetite for change? And even the best employers, once they go through this journey, they do become much more clear on who they are as an employer. And as they build out the employee life cycle from onboarding, total rewards, how they develop, how they foster belonging, how they even part ways, it becomes more intentional. It maps back to that EVP and that defining why.
0: And in order to have your employees telling your story, you also need to find yourself because it will be a lot easier for them to tell the story as well, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, just think of, you know, just think of people, right? We're drawn to people who know who they are, who are confident, who have a strong sense of self. Same is true for employers. You know, if, if you are going out there with no identity, with generic messages, and you have an inconsistent experience, brands are built on consistency, no, you're not gonna win the war for talent. But if you go, if you take time to first uncover who you are, and I don't mean in a boardroom, I truly mean a co-created journey. We only do work with, uh, with teams, with employees. They guide us, we are the vehicle for their experience, for their voice, mapping it to the larger, broader business objectives. What that does is that actually helps with adoption on, on the back end. But this should be this co created experience where you understand those recruit those um, attraction and retention drivers of your team, and then you build out experiences that honor that people promise throughout both the candidate journey, as well as the employee experience.
0: It's been a great chat. we we move <laughs> on with three quick questions, anything else you want to add?
1: no i would just um encourage every employer to you know to do this critical work you don't need an agency i know that sounds counterintuitive because i run one but it um you don't you you really can do it yourself um obviously you can you can use partners if if you have the budget if you have if you're limited on resources or limited on expertise but it is so critical that everyone takes time to understand who they are as an employer and maps out that candidate journey maps out that employee experience honoring their why honoring their people promise so don't be scared off by a lack of budget or you know funding to to hire an agency this is something that you can do on your own and it is critical work for a sound people strategy
0: beautiful let's move on to uh, three quick questions and the first question is what is your favorite tool
1: So I'm a strategist. And so, uh, you know, I I look to uh, channels to amplify messages of employers where they can share their why. So, you know, my favorite tools are are social media, visual storytelling platforms like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, What I love about it is just as I said a minute ago, you know, you don't need to be the mega multinationals with mega budgets to do this work. Um, those are all free platforms that are provide that window into your employee experience. So use that window, really uh, amplify those messages, sh- uh, showcase your awesome team and you'll see the magic that happens. So it really has democratized the field. Like 10, 15 years ago, you'd have to b- bring in video crews, everything felt so scripted and artificial now we have democratized the field and we need to be utilizing these visual storytelling platforms to amplify these important messages and market
0: what's your favorite metric
1: i like a couple things um, so source of influence really measures um, the power of content so you know, it's not just what platform did they click apply on, but what really influenced their decision to click apply. And often, it's content that did that. So when you um, when you measure for source of influence, and that could be done sort of in an automated way through various um, ATSs or survey mechanisms or it could be done sort of old school with a recruiter hopping on a zoom call and saying hey what brought us together today like what influenced your decision to hit apply and tracking was it instagram was it linkedin what was it a blog post what what drove uh, what intensified the interest to the point where they hit apply um i also like impressions impressions Um, More than social followership, like candidates rarely follow, but they will um, check out your content and impressions really show you the content that's being consumed. So I like those.
0: And would you share any favorite book or content?
1: Yeah, so I'm inspired um, by a lot of things sort of outside of, you know, I am a certified HR leader, but I'm inspired by things outside of the HR world because I think that that's how we grow Um, One of the books, it's an oldie but a goodie, it's uh, Seth Godin's Purple Cow. And so, you know, just thinking about how risky safe is, (laughs) um, being an employer brand strategist, you know, I just, it is still, there's so much in that book that is so, so relevant. I love, you know, different podcasts like How I Built This, I just read Chew Dog, and Music. I'm a creative, you know, a lot of the work you do is creative. Um, So I'm very inspired by, in particular, The Grateful Dead, (laughs) um, which is my favorite band. And so, yeah.
0: Alisa, thanks for joining this Candidate Experience Talks podcast. It was a pleasure having you.
1: Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much for having me. And just have an awesome day. Thanks again.
0: Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, join our Candidate Experience Talks community on LinkedIn, where we share exclusive guest content, discussions, and full video episodes of the show. Search for Candidate Experience Talks on LinkedIn, and you'll find the community. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app. Until next time, take care and turn those candidates into promoters.